She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. In the uh, story about Rod Rosenstein on Friday, it was mentioned that he had been involved in circulating discussions about invoking the 25th Amendment to have the president removed from office. Were you ever involved in any of those discussions? Were you aware of any of those discussions? Literally, I have never once been in the White House where that conversation has happened. I am not aware of any cabinet members that are even talking about that. It is completely and totally absurd. A smear campaign, pure and simple, aided and abetted by members of the United States Senate. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the program. Stacy on the right. Stacy Washington, your host, and uh, fantastically excited about the show today. I am really excited about who we're going to be talking with today and the subject matter that we're going to cover. We have a lot to unpack. And so let's get into first thing we're going to do have going on today is in our next segment, Melissa McKenzie, managing editor of American Spectator is going to join us and talk about the latest on the Kavanaugh hearings. And then we are going to talk about Sarah Sanders and others within the administration weighing in on exactly what's going on here. And it's definitely turned into a witch hunt. It's, it's not, it's not that it wasn't before, but it has become so obvious that what's happening has zero to do with believing accusations or being worried that people who have made accusations aren't being believed. It's really a tool to fundraise for the Democrats. Uh, case in point, um, let me show you. Uh, I am, I'm reporting to you directly from my phone. One of my family members who has a cell phone just texted me this. It is a text message that they received on their cell phone unsolicited it says, hi, James, I'm Chris, a move on volunteer, moveon.org, hardcore leftist organization that will do anything, say anything um, for the Democrats. The Democrat, the, the Democrat fundraising thing is in full swing. And here's what it says. Every person in this country should have access to quality, affordable health care. I thought Obamacare gave all of us that. Oh, let me get back to it. Uh, we should not have to worry about bills if they get sick. But Republicans are siding with Trump, a big insurance to bring back discrimination against those with pre-existing conditions. Will you pledge to end GOP control of Congress on November 6th? Reply yes, and we'll share periodic texts from MoveOn's number and send you a free vote sticker. Message and data rates may apply. This is what's going on here. Now, that's just a simple, I mean, obviously, any, any campaign can send that. Anyone can have that uh, text message go out. May very well be the Republicans are sending out similar things. But Kavanaugh dovetails into this because we've yet to see any substantial proof that he's done any of these things. And after last night's interview, if you if you were able to watch it live or maybe you caught it, uh, the, the interview in its entirety afterwards, as I did. Oh, my goodness. I saw comments on uh, Twitter about how Kavanaugh seems like a nerd. He seems uncomfortable. I wonder how any person who has a, a, a feeling, a person who um, is a real person, how they would feel if they had to discuss when they were and weren't a virgin on, you know, on, on, on television to discuss their own private, intimate life, the beginning of it, all of that, to have to discuss it on television in response to 
an unfounded allegation. If we just step outside of ourselves for a second and consider, and and please miss me with the idea that he deserves it because he's seeking the Supreme Court, his name was put forward. He was selected. Now, he said, yes, this is a wonderful opportunity, and I would love to serve my country in this way. But it's not as if he was out campaigning to be a Supreme Court justice, and then he was finally you know, elected or chosen or something of that nature because he had voiced a concern that he wanted to do the job. He's a judge. He has a very, very distinguished career, and he didn't have to do anything other than that. And he would have gone down as one of the people in, in the history books when they record those who served in judgeships. His name would be right there among the rest without ever having been besmirched. So, yes, he took this on with his eyes wide open. He said yes to the opportunity, but he did not say yes to having his family destroyed, to having his personal reputation destroyed. And that's what we're seeing here. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. We actually have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She slammed the disgusting Democrats for exploiting the Kavanaugh and Ford families. Because remember, it's not just Judge Kavanaugh who's being exploited here. Ford, Dr. Ford, as much as I don't believe her allegations, She's being used to. And this just goes to show you when when it comes to politics, when people are using you, it doesn't have to be that they're using you and you're both getting something out of it. It doesn't have to be to your benefit. It can be to your detriment and you'll still get used. If you offer yourself up to be used, you'll get used. And when they're done with you, well, they'll be done with you. So here's number four. I think the process that the Democrats have played has been absolutely appalling and disgusting. Uh, Even in the accuser's letter yesterday to Senator Grassley, she said she wanted to do this uh, privately and she reached out for that purpose, but um, because the Democrats wanted to play 11th hour political games, they waited until the last minute. They've made this a huge public circus uh, and frankly hurt two different uh, families' lives uh, that they'll never be able to be the same because of the way that they have operated this process. And I think it's disgusting that they've exploited uh, these individuals and their families for their own political purposes. And make no mistake about it. This So if it was about the truth, then it wouldn't be so much that they want some kind of FBI investigation into a matter that's not criminal. It wouldn't be that. It would be that they would want her to be able to confront the person that she feels did something wrong to her. And even though it's past the statute of limitations, there would be kind of a reckoning. And that would have occurred during the normal hearing process. But if that had happened, there wouldn't have been the opportunity to delay the vote and to change the mind of a couple of swing votes, the the two Republican senators who um, really, they just hinge what they're going to do on how mean other women are to them. They don't have any of their own convictions. Suzanne Collins and uh, Lisa Murkowski, just really, they, they, they dance to the drumbeat of the God of reproduction and all of that. And we did have, there's another little bit of breaking news. And I, I, I'm honestly... I can't believe it took this long to do, but it's fantastic news. And I want everyone to remember what this is that's just happened. And the breaking news that that is that has happened that that it won't get any media coverage. I mean, there's no way this happens to be mentioned on CNN or anywhere else, because this points to the truth that we know about Planned Parenthood, that they actually sell the babies that have been aborted. They separate them off into pieces and sell them by the piece to 
research organizations, universities that you and I are funding. Some of our tax dollars go there. Some of you, you're an alumnus of a university and your money goes there for that. The Trump administration has just canceled the FDA contract to purchase body parts of aborted babies for tax-funded research. I'll say it one more time because I, I'm, I don't want anybody to miss how major this is in the midst of the Kavanaugh debacle where these people are destroying him for the God of reproductive, you know, uh, largesse. Just do whatever you want to with your body. And if you get pregnant, well, there's an abortion for that. We've, we've got an answer for that. It's Planned Parenthood and abortion. The Trump administration canceled the FDA contract to purchase body parts of aborted babies for tax-funded research. You got to knit this thing together and understand how it's all interconnected. The reason they hate Kavanaugh is not because he's got that, uh, you know, uh, Northeastern accent or because he seems like he's literally the poster boy for Boy Scouts and, and you know, everything that's, that's good and wholesome in this country. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with his 300 plus legal opinions from beforehand. It's not that he's a liar or that he lied under oath. Oh, no. It has to do with the fact that he might not that he will, but that he might rule against the abortion giant Planned Parenthood in a case that is now waiting its decision. So the decision has been made at the lower court. And when they see who will controls Congress and who's on the Supreme Court after the midterms, then that case will either be appealed or it will be left to sit. If it's appealed, it will be appealed because they want more confirmation that abortion is the rule of law in this land. And, and we're going to talk about in, in just a couple of minutes how uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has found that Americans spend more money on taxes than on food, clothing combined, food and clothing combined in the year 2017. And I can tell you, if we weren't giving one point two billion dollars in reimbursements to Planned Parenthood, if we weren't giving them five hundred and 50 million or thereabouts in taxpayer funding to fund their money that goes to the Democrats and abortions, then we probably wouldn't be spending more money on taxes than on food and clothing. Oh, it's all connected. It did. It, it there, there is no single issue that stands alone. It's all connected because as long as we're bowing down to people's desire to do whatever they want to with their bodies, then we are going to continue to have to give our number one source is going to be the government. Whether your number one source is the government or not, your tax dollars say your number one source is the government. You work the first four months out of every year for the taxes that you pay to the government. You don't start paying yourself until month five. Unless you're in the 47% of Americans who don't pay any income tax. So this is about making sure that none of us can honestly say we stand against abortion. Because you can talk with your mouth all you want to. You can get behind a red microphone. You can go on thousands of stations. You can go on thousands of interviews. You can do whatever you want. But as long as your taxpayer dollars are funding Planned Parenthood, and up until just today, the purchase of the FDA buying aborted baby parts to do research on, then how can you really put your hands up on Sunday and act like you have anything? That, I mean, what, what are we really doing? Talking to you Christians, talking to you people of faith, talking to you proud Bible thumpers, proud gun owners, proud quoters of the Constitution, all of us, you and me, we're funding that garbage. And we're funding it so much. We spend so much money on government that, I mean, it's really the first four months of the year. It's like, you know, don't buy any clothes, don't buy any shoes, don't buy any food. You got to pay the government first. And then when you get done paying the government, then 
you can buy that other thing that you might want. And they're so crafty about it, sucking the money out of your, your, your paycheck before you even get a chance to, to lay your hands on it. If it wasn't automatic draft, if you had to write a check out every couple of weeks, every couple of months, twice a year, quarterly, what have you, there'd be a revolt in this country. Because Americans would begin to realize just how deeply into the government we really are. People would begin to care that there are 24 million employees of the U.S. government. People would begin to understand that that is not only wrong, it's an abomination. It's an abomination for the government that we have elected to rule by our consent, for them to take it upon themselves to decide, you know, you need less and less of your money. You need to give it to us so we can decide what to do with it. And oh, by the way, one of the things you're never going to be able to do is stop us from giving money to the abortion giant Planned Parenthood. Just try it. And so what are they fighting over? Why are they trying to destroy Judge Kavanaugh and Ashley Kavanaugh and their two daughters? Why don't they care about Keith Ellison's record of abuse with his girlfriend? Why is Me Too just a sham of a movement that it only exists to to validate the accusations against Republicans while Democrats who do the same things go free? Because if you think you're going to stop them from bowing down to infanticide, you got another thing coming. And my answer to that is, oh, but wait. As a Christian, I am absolutely certain that there will be a reckoning for this. And those of us who stood against it will not be held to that same standard. But what are we doing to stop it? It's not enough for us to just say we're against abortion. We have to be positively acting to stop it. So whether that's giving to pregnancy resource centers or if it's really that most crucial item, which is what decision you make when you vote. Oh, it's not about parties, my friends. It's not about the party. It's not about blue or red. D or R. It's not about that. It's about, I'm sorry, did you say you as a candidate support abortion? You support the killing of the unborn? Then I'm sorry. I'm not able to. Yeah, actually, sorry, not sorry. That's not something I can do as a Christian. Because at some point, you'll be made to answer for what you did as a Christian and raising your hands in church and serving on a committee at church, teaching Bible study, that stuff's not going to cut it in comparison to supporting abortion. That's why we have to watch them destroy Judge Kavanaugh. That's why they try to destroy Justice Clarence Thomas. That's why they go after the Republicans. And that's why we have to stand up against it. When we get back, we'll have Melissa McKenzie. She'll be with us. Stay there. The Ministry of Preborn meets abortion-minded women right where they are and reaches them with the love of Christ. We showed her love and we accept her right where she's at. If the baby's saved by what we do here and the mother's life is spared from the devastation of abortion, that definitely helps them in this life. But this is not all that there is. We want our clients to know about Jesus. I got to see his heartbeat. It just looked like a little butterfly in a bubble. The Lord gave me that baby, and He gave me that baby for a reason. The Ministry of Preborn runs and leads Christian pregnancy centers all over the country, helping abortion-minded mothers to choose life for their unborn babies. To find out more about how you can help save a baby's life, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. All gifts are tax deductible.
Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. There's no secret, God's favor is lavished on those who pursue His heart. In the summer of 2001, the organization I worked for at the time, Campus Crusade for Christ, celebrated its 50th anniversary. Over 7,000 staff members gathered together to praise God for His wonderful favor during 50 years. As we recounted how God used the movement to introduce literally millions to Christ, it became clear that the blessing of God had rested on the organization in large part because of the consistent, intimate relationship their founder, Dr. Bill Bright, maintained with the Savior. Here's an important principle. God favored the ministry because God favored a man. God does not just want us to accomplish things. He wants to favor us. I'll never forget what Dr. Bright said through the years. When people gave him compliments, often he quickly replied, God can do more in a flash than we can do in a lifetime of effort. So our primary concern ought to be with nurturing our first love for the Savior. In the fifth Psalm, verses 11 and 12, the psalmist underscores this perspective when he says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy, and may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For it is you who bless the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. I love that last line. You surround him with favor as with a shield. Well, here's what I want you to remember and do today. Examine your heart. Are you living in such a way as to be a candidate for his favor? If not, then go and take refuge in him and make things right. Pursue his heart and then watch him work. Join Crawford Loritz tomorrow for another Legacy Moment. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. All right. Welcome to the program. So good to be with you today. Um, and I know people get a little upset with um, with the idea that I'm, um, you know, connecting Christianity and, and abortion and and um, but I'm, I'm only going by what the scripture says. And really, I could just care less. I, I actually find it kind of tiresome and it's just a bother for me to bother to read uh, people emailing me and saying, I can be a Christian and I can also support abortion. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's you're, you're deceived. And it's not that I have anything against you. I have something against what you're doing. And, and it's a righteous indignation, not that I'm perfect or that I have, have it so much together, but that we as Christians, we're supposed to be making an impact in this world. You know, we have the high ground. And it's not that we're to ride roughshod over those who don't believe as we do, but it is absolutely not okay for us to justify or make way for others to sin and to, well, you know what? That's just, that's how you feel. Really, honestly, the Bible doesn't care about your feelings. The Bible talks about God caring about our obedience. He's holy. He requires that we, we have to make a choice. We can't serve two masters. We have to have just the one. So if you have the one, which is abortion, if that's your master, then you certainly don't have the other. And you got to line yourself up and say, you know, where am I going? Really? What am I doing with myself? And 
could this be the reason why I'm having so many of these other problems? Because remember, sin and disobedience brings problems into our lives. And as difficult as it is to be obedient, it's even more difficult to live in disobedience with all of the garbage that we have to put up with when we are living in disobedience. It takes the favor off of everything. If you think you can be a big time abortion supporter and still have that fantastic marriage and those godly kids and that, uh, uh, come on now, the, the Bible is very clear. Blessings for those who obey and then, you know, for the rest. It, it's disobedience doesn't just bring about bad things. It's death and destruction. And this is just the opening affair. Remember, we're just down here on this earth for this such a time as this, for that specific frame that, that is ours. And then afterwards, that's on into eternity. And, and really, what could be more important than that? So I have another piece of audio for you. Jonah Goldberg nails this problem with the Kavanaugh accuser. And again, it's not about me not believing women or not wanting women to come forward, but the Me Too movement is a sham. It has zero to do with believing women. Because if it did, it would be any woman and any woman, regardless of her political affiliation or the man she's accused. But notice how it has to be the right man. It has to fit into the narrative. It has to fit into the movement. And mainly it has to be a Republican. And that means it's not really about women. And that means also that if it's not about women, it's about politics. It's about a political aim that is being worked towards. So here's Jonah Goldberg. It's number three. Did you guys ever look at each other and say, I'm out. This is enough. This is just isn't worth it. I'm not going to let false accusations drive us out of, the, out of this process. And um, no, no. we're looking for a fair process I'm where sorry, I, I, I can be heard and defend the. I've got Kavanaugh on the story. So the, what you're listening to, and we're going to listen to it, is the Kavanaugh's. They were on the story with Martha McCallum. And they were talking about what happened. And this was the breaking news yesterday that they were actually going to appear on the show. So I'm going to start that one again, but I want to make sure you know you're listening to Judge Kavanaugh and Ashley, his wife, on the story with Martha McCallum talking about whether or not he's guilty of these things. It's number three. Did you guys ever look at each other and say, I'm out. This is enough. This is, just isn't worth it. I'm not going to let false accusations drive us out of, the, out of this process and... Um, we're looking for a fair process where I can be heard and defend the, my integrity, my lifelong record, my lifelong record of promoting dignity and equality for women, starting with the, the women who knew me when I was 14 years old. I'm not going anywhere. As well, he should not. And I think it was important for them as a family, as a couple to come out, even though they were roundly vilified online, on online social media, on Twitter. A lot of people said that he looked guilty. She couldn't look him in the eye. And I can tell you, first of all, you don't know what's going on in somebody else's marriage. So you can take a television appearance and you can try to pick apart somebody's marriage, but you don't know Jack Ola about it. I've been married for over 20 years and I know I don't care what you see on a couple when they're out somewhere together or they're appearing on television. You don't know what just happened between them before they stepped on. You don't know what's going to happen afterwards. And you don't know the state of their marriage. I know a couple who they fight like cats and dogs. Quite honestly, they, they seem like they never agree. 
They love each other to pieces and they have a strong marriage and they're committed to Jesus Christ. And I know other couples who look fantastic and they always have. I've never seen a peep. And then one of my kids says, so-and-so's moving because her parents are getting divorced. And it's that same fantastic, you know, almost TV ready couple. So the idea that the Kavanaugh's have some problem in their marriage or that his wife doesn't believe what her husband is saying, again, sounds like people who believe in Bill Clinton and believed in Hillary Clinton and believe that their marriage was so fantastic, but they don't believe the Kavanaugh's marriage can be good and that Ashley can actually believe her husband that he's not guilty of these things. I can tell you right now, I, this is not something that would shake me for one second if I was in her shoes because she's been married to him. She knows him. She's seen him at his worst. She's been there for him at his best. Now, there may be problems, but I don't think a bunch of trolls, you know, typing fast and, and with type full of typos on Twitter knows anything the first about the Kavanaugh's marriage. And I think one of the most important things we can do is I'm, I'm going to continue to make this call. And I thank you so much to those who reached out and said that they're participating. Thank you so much. And let's keep praying for the Kavanaugh's when we have our meals and not, not just for the Kavanaugh's, but for the senators on this committee who are really being just bashed and led every which way on how they should vote and on everyone who's involved in this process, the liars and those who are telling the truth that God would bring justice forward out of this situation because I've even seen people try to resurrect the accusations against judge Clarence Thomas and kind of re you know, let's, let's relitigate those. He was innocent, but so many people who didn't get to watch the hearing live and, or it's just before your time, you just were a kid or you weren't even born when that was going on. You, if you watch the media, you would think he was guilty, but the Republicans put him on the, the Supreme court anyway. He was innocent. His accuser was eviscerated on the stand and proven to be false, bringing false accusations. But again, this is a smear campaign. So it doesn't matter whatever gets on anybody else. If you get something splashed on you because you're nearby, well, so be it. We got to make sure abortion doesn't get curtailed in this country, which, again, I just can't stress it enough. That is what makes the announcement by President Trump. So it's 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 important. It is important. So it looks like we're having our guest on in the third segment, and we usually take calls at that time. So I want to give listeners a chance to weigh in on this. 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. You can call in and talk about anything we've covered so far on the show. I want to give you a few more details on this whole FDA thing. You got the FDA purchasing the body parts of aborted babies for research. And Life News had reported in August shocking revelations indicating that the FDA signed a new contract to acquire more body parts from aborted babies from Planned Parenthood to transplant into so-called humanized mice. This was this was. I mean, I actually didn't share the humanized mice story on the air because I I actually didn't think it was true. I thought it would be debunked afterwards, and it turns out it wasn't. The grizzly experiments allow mice to have functioning human immune systems, which they then use for research. The Trump administration has canceled the contract with Advanced Bioscience Resources, a company that buys and sells aborted baby parts from Planned Parenthood and other abortion businesses. Um, HHS said late Monday it canceled the contract with the company because it didn't include appropriate protections for fetal tissue procurement. 
Uh, the agency said in a statement it initiated a comprehensive review, review of all research involving fetal tissue to ensure consistency with statutes and regulations governing such research. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's go to the phones. We have Anthony in Texas. Thanks for calling the show today. Yeah, Stacey, I'll let you know you're, you're on fire today. Uh, but you're right. Uh, Christians have got to understand we, we've got to start understanding the game that, that's being played. <clears throat> a lot of times we, we go out and vote thinking that we can put our uh, work life in, in one pile, our Christian life in another pile, and our religion in another pile. But the things that we've got to understand is we've got to see uh, the issues of the day and see whose character uh, that better uh, describes, who we, can, who we can put that character under, whether it be Satan or the Lord. And we've got to nail it down. We've got to chip away all the, all the bogusness, all the jive, and get down to the root of the issue and choose at that point who we're going to serve. You hit the nail on the head, Anthony. And, and it's, not, it's not like I take this commentary lightly. You understand? It's not about me you know, relishing the idea that supporting abortion isn't a Christian concept because I know people that are very dear to me who are in that situation. But you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, it, it's time to choose. And I'm choosing the side of Jesus Christ. And that can't be the same side that abortion is on. Thank you so much for calling today. Angela in Mississippi. Hey, thanks for calling the show today, Angela. Hey, I hey. just wanted to say I've been listening to, you know, a lot of what's going on and, you know, um, with Clarence Thomas resurfacing and mm-hmm. Bill Cosby being sentenced and things like that. To me personally, I believe these women are finding attorneys who hate men to represent them and help to drive a point. I could be wrong, but they sound like they have some type of daddy issue. I can't hear on my phone, so I'm going to hang up and, and oh, okay. let you, uh, finish talking. Th- thank you, Angela. Thank you for calling in your comment. I. So I think it, it could be that. I think it could be, you know, things that have gone on. I mean, so let's let's be real here, okay? Um, I'm, I'm a former Democrat myself, and I remember when I was practicing Democratic politics, and, you know, I, my first vote ever was for Bill Clinton. And I remember one of the tactics that I would use to shut people down when they would bring up any subject that uh, didn't align with the Democrat platform, I would just shut them down with either racism or, you know, sexism because I'm, I'm a woman. And it was a very effective tactic, but it did leave me feeling kind of empty. And during that time when I was, you know, first I was in college for a couple years and then I went home for a year and I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to church. Uh, I'm, then I joined the Air Force and bef- it, w- it was before we moved here to the Midwest when I started listening to Christian radio until then, I hadn't bothered to match it up. I hadn't bothered because my, my parents are Democrats. They raised us as Democrats. Um, my dad did vote for Ronald Reagan once, but he, after that, he went back to Democratic politics, and he, it was very much a subject in our household, and we were very politically savvy as in you know news consumers. We definitely watched CNN back then, uh, back when it was real news, and also read the newspaper and discussed issues. And I can tell you, you know, it never occurred to me that the things that I was supporting in that platform were going against what God's word said. And I was, you know, I was kind of borderline feminist, which back then was not, it's like not in the same universe as a feminist today, but still it was this kind of idea that in their hearts, men are kind of against women because they want to rule over women. And it was coming to the Midwest just happened to coincide with 
uh, starting our family, my husband and I moved here. We'd been married a few years. We hadn't had, you know, any children at that point. I'm expecting a baby. I'm I'm working, but I have this commute to do. And I was like, you know, it, it wasn't a fantastic job, but I was working full time. And I would listen to this radio show. It was a couple of them on this Christian radio network here in, in St. Louis. And I tell you what, the Lord just started convicting me. And it wasn't like I was pulling over to the side of the road crying or anything. It was just like, oh, wait a minute. Did he just say, what did he just say on the radio? Huh. And sometimes I would flip from channel to channel and I would end up listening to a little bit of Christian radio and listening to some talk radio. And I would be disagreeing with the talk radio guy. But sometimes on the drive time, he'd make a point. And it's just really interesting because that same drive time guy is still on here in St. Louis and he's like almost a liberal now in some aspects compared to where I am. Um, But it was the biblical teaching that I was listening to that really highlighted for me that I could not support abortion and be in church on Sunday, taking notes with my Bible and, you know, and, and then going back out later on in the week and, you know, phone banking for somebody who is pro-abortion. And I tell you what, it wasn't this, you know, like ding, ding, ding. It wasn't a quick switch, but it was a switch. And I know the process that I went through was to enable me to be able to have that testimony that this, this isn't about people not being able to, to get right. It's about, do you, do you want to know the truth? Do you, do you care? Do you care that there's a God on the throne, the only God that's ever going to matter to you? And that he said, don't touch my anointed. That he said, before I formed the foundations of this world, I knew you. That he said, when you're in your mom's womb, that he knits you together in your mom's womb. He doesn't say, after you move out of the first stage of development, you're no longer a fetus. He doesn't, there's none of that stuff. It's, he actually knows you're going to be born. He's, he's aware of that. He's numbered the hairs on your head. He heals the tears that you cry in the palm of his hand. He writes your name in the book of life, also in the palm of his hand. This is a relationship with every single human being born and unborn, whether they have, you know, Down syndrome or, or some other special need or whether they're born, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes, nothing visibly but, but, you know, utter cuteness going on. It doesn't matter what's the condition of the person, everyone precious in his sight. When you get a grip on that, and, it, and it's, it's not that you're maybe going to get it from me. I, I don't claim that for one second. But when you do get that grip on it, that's when you know I, that's behind me. Supporting people who support infanticide is behind me. I'm never looking back. I'm only looking forward and I will support candidates that absolutely believe a human is a human from the moment of conception until their natural death. Make that your research project. We'll be back with more. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. Back when I played professional football, the average salary was $47,000 a year, and most players made much less than that. So many of us had off-season jobs. I tried a lot of things, but I never really found the job I loved until I started coaching football. You may not find a career path that gets you excited right away, but wherever you find yourself, you can be who you were designed to be. Remember that the key is not what you do, but who you are. Evaluate every opportunity not by how much money you can earn, 
but by how effectively you can reflect Christ and live for Him in that situation. Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. This is Just a Minute with Stacy Washington. You may be wondering why the Supreme Court confirmation process has become so painfully difficult. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg recently shared how wonderful her confirmation process was during an interview on the topic. Even though she had done significant legal work for the left-wing ACLU and was openly far left, Republicans joked with her during her hearing and the vote was 96 to 4 in favor of her confirmation. She has gone on to support the utter obliteration of traditional marriage, held up an extreme view of the Constitution as a malleable document that bends to the will of feelings. Today, Americans are aghast as Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee launch an openly partisan, fact-free attack on Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Why are Democrats so fearful of his confirmation? Because the Supreme Court is where Democrats can win without the help of America's voters. Americans are much more conservative on social issues than the Supreme Court, hence the Custer's last stand on Kavanaugh. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Donald Trump's America. The deputy attorney general remains on the job, at least for now. After questions about his future surfaced, White House spokesperson Sarah Sanders saying in a statement at the request of deputy attorney general Rod Rosenstein, he and President Trump had an extended conversation to discuss the recent news stories. She continued because the president is at the United Nations General Assembly and has a full schedule with leaders from around the world. They will meet on Thursday at the White House. This comes after the publication of a New York Times story in which it claimed that Rosenstein talked last year of wearing a wire to record the president during White House meetings and invoking the 25th Amendment to declare the president unfit to remain in office. Rosenstein, in two separate written statements, denied both allegations. Rosenstein has been praised by Democrats and criticized by Republicans. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. You know what you can do? You can hit the subscribe button over at StacyOnTheRight.com and you can also like the Facebook page and, you know, YouTube or, or Twitter or what have you if you'd like. I know a lot of people are kind of moving away from the traditional social social media consumption, and I totally get it. Um, and but for those who enjoy those areas, we do have you know we we have places you can find us all over uh, on on the social media spots. Um, I I want to make one more point about the story uh, with the Trump administration canceling the contract. It's a single contract that's been canceled. It's a big one, but it's a single one. And so one of the things that they've pointed out is um, that. We need more. So we actually need, and this is Susan B. Anthony List, President Marjorie Dannensfeller, issued a statement about this and said, canceling a single contract and conducting a review is a small step forward, but overall it's completely inadequate because later they could always, you know, initiate a new contract with another fetal parts, uh, you know, dealer, um, a trafficker, if you will, because we, we got to put some terms on this that accurately reflect what they're doing. And, and, if you notice, just I want you to think about this when you're listening to the news. The next time you you turn on the news somewhere, I want you to think about what you're listening to. If if they say abortion or choice or reproductive rights, or now they've just begun to call abortion health care. They call it health care because they're tired of 
the way that we come out with the truth about what abortion is. Abortion itself is a made up term that other countries, you may call them primitive countries, but they don't have a term, a word that's indigenous to their culture for the the practice of taking a baby out of the womb when, when it's not a birth. They don't have a term for that. So they have to use America's term for it, you know, English, because there's no term for that in their country's language. So it, look, when you're listening to the news and they start talking about reproductive rights, when they start talking about, you know, women must be believed, I, I want you to think about that for what they're saying. What's the underlying message of what they're saying? And I guarantee you, if, if, you're, if you want to be discerning about your consumption of news from mainstream media outlets and you want to really know what you're listening to and you want to be able to decipher it quickly. It doesn't mean you have to read a whole bunch of Thomas Sowell books, although I do recommend it. It doesn't mean that you have to spend a whole lot of copious time. All you have to do is ask the Lord to give you wisdom and discernment when you're consuming the news. That's a quick prayer. That's 10 seconds. Father, please give me wisdom and discernment when I'm consuming the news and you will begin to hear it differently. And that doesn't mean uh, right or left, Republic. Nope, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the truth. If you ask, you'll receive. So, you know, think about that. If you want to start really understanding what you're being told and to kind of catch the repetitive nature of everything that's going on with news and media, um, then, you know, don't buckle up. It's, it's available to you. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Melissa McKenzie, Managing Editor for American Spectator. Melissa, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you for having me, Stacey. All right. So let's talk about Kavanaugh. Um, and I don't know if you caught that interview last night with he and his wife. <sighs> I found it kind of heartbreaking that he had to, as a grown man, discuss those things you know, with his wife on national television in front of millions of people. I was I was extremely embarrassed for them. I was heartened by his resolute responses, but I could tell that he and his wife were under an extreme amount of stress and it was just, you know. I was I was embarrassed for our country that that we are at a place where this kind of situation even can exist. It's shameful. It's shameful what Diane Feinstein did. It's shameful what the Democrats are doing. It's shameful of what was done to Ted Cruz last night, this whole episode is shameful. And um, but it's difficult to shame people who are shameless. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the humble nature of his presentation, which was taken as weakness and duplicity by you know internet trolls, was to me really a hallmark of someone who's telling the truth. To be embarrassed, not indignant, to be uh, kind of soft spoken but very resolute. It sounded like the truth to me. It had the ring of truth. Well, he had, I mean, I felt like it a couple of times that he was so kind of distraught by it that I thought he was going to cry. And, you know, the thing is, every person, I don't know. I mean, there's the Donald Trump version of how you react when you're falsely accused, which is just a, you know, start swinging a bat and hit, mm-hmm. hitting whoever happens to be around. Yeah. And then there's, <laughs> there's a guy like, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, who is a softer spoken guy who is going to be a judge, who is a judge, who knows that he has to maintain a certain kind of decorum and mm-hmm. is trapped by that situation because any kind of outburst 
reinforces this kind of aggressive, bully-type mm. image that they're trying to present about him. Uh, you know, mm. I remember, I'm old enough to remember what happened to Clarence Thomas. Mm-hmm. Me too. And sitting through that whole disastrous episode. And um, this is not new for the last, but I think a new generation has seen what they're capable of. And it's terrible. It is. It is. And I, I know I've I've mentioned a few times about the daughters and there. So there's this invisible like cloak over them, over the daughters and over Ashley Kavanaugh. And Mm -hmm. in any other situation, they would be the main event. If this were a liberal woman uh, or a liberal woman's husband, the daughters would be, you know, they would have images of the daughters walking and looking sad. They'd have images of the wife looking distraught. They would want to interview her. They want to put her on a magazine to say, you know, look at what's happening. Look what the Republicans are doing to her husband. Look at how she's standing strong. She'd be an example of, you know, feminism and all of that. Ashley Kavanaugh has handed out cupcakes to the media that are camped out on her doorstep. She has not had one negative word to say online social media. And even last night when I was listening to her, I felt like there were many times where she was choking back tears as well during the interview. Mm-hmm. And they were on with Martha McCallum, hardly a bulldog. So, you know, it, this is genuine, um, you know, it, an emotional state that's genuine that they couldn't, they couldn't be any more upset by what's happening to them. Well, and you know what bothers me, too, is I don't know the circumstances of Lazy Ford or whatever, what she's gone through. But if she is a victim of some sort of assault and it wasn't, and she's misremembering or something happened, or if she's, if somebody else that this has done this to her, this whole, the way this has all been handled undermines every other woman who has been through something, you know, far more significant than a drunk guy, you know, you know, grabbing at you, you know, in a room somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, real serious, terrible things that can happen to women. And it minimizes it. It casts a shadow of a doubt. It, it calls into question the same thing with what happened with UVA. I reported extensively with the Duke Lacrosse case when that happened. And um, I had a liberal say to me on Twitter, well, if you had, you know, a daughter, you would understand. I'm like, I have a daughter, but I also have sons. Mm-hmm. And there has to be justice for both, or there's justice for no one. And th- this is an abomination. There's no way for him to prove something didn't happen. So then it comes down to their character. I said this way at the beginning. But the Democrats keep undermining Ford's credibility and character by their actions. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible. It's as if they don't believe her. I mean, do you, do you get that feeling? Like, it's, it's as if they don't believe her. And so they went out looking for someone else that might have a latent memory that they could mm-hmm. possibly assign to Judge Kavanaugh. And so it's as if they're saying, look, we know you don't believe Blazy Ford and we don't really believe her either. But this isn't about believing her. It's about taking Kavanaugh down. So we're going to bring somebody else. It's the same thing they did with Herman Cain. Remember, there were three accusers. Well, first, first there was one. Then there were three. And when people started yawning, then there were six. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like 
it's the mm-hmm. it's the number of accusers that matters more than what they're accusing you of or or evidence right. or anything like that. And they're trying to establish a pattern. But the thing is, when I when I heard this middle aged man have to say on public TV, relitigate his sexual behavior as a teenager, and say that he was a virgin, I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. This is ridiculous. And not to mention, anyway, yeah. I'm I'm. I'm sorry, Melissa. I didn't, I didn't mean to. That's okay. I, I just, so my thought, I had, I had one other thought about that, that I don't know if, if anybody else thought this, but I thought how proud his mother must be that he made it all the way through high school and well into his college career before he ever, you know, had an intimate relationship. That is an accomplishment, even, even though he's older and, but you know, teenage sexuality is something that's normalized by Hollywood, but most parents don't want their children to be sexually active and so right. for him to, I, it was embarrassing, but it was also kind of a moment to me where he, he showed an honorable side to himself. And, and I just, I, again, I want to point to, you know, this is so not about Judge Kavanaugh. Yes, it is about him yeah. and the destruction of him, but it's not really about him. It's about abortion. It's about yep. maintaining the status quo with abortion and leaving the door open for even more abortion and more uh, abortion funding by taxpayers. And he represents to the, the organized left the end of that. And, and that's yep. why the attacks are so vicious. So do you think that Chuck Grassley will, because I've, I've heard, let's see, it's been Mitch, Leader McConnell has said they're going to have a vote. Um, some others have said they're going to have a vote. Does Chuck Grassley hold a line and hold a vote regardless of what happens on Thursday? Yeah, I think so, because the result, uh, the Republican base is awake now. They might have been kind of sleepy. They're not sleeping. And I think there's fury. <laughs> I know I feel infuriated. And um, I know that I'm not alone. So, you know, this, these people who finally had it and voted for Trump, um, you know, after two years of his antics and, you know, some are like, well, you know, maybe it would be better if he had some balance in, the, in Congress. Mm-hmm. After this episode, <laughs> nope. Everybody's going, okay, they're still insane. The left is still insane. We're going to have to vote for Republicans. Well, I'll tell you this, and and I'm I'm I don't think I know anything. Like I don't I I've never said I had a crystal ball, and I certainly don't have the ability to predict who's going to win what. But some of the same hallmarks that were present in 2016, the yeah. outsized rallies, the silent rage that you don't you don't see it in polls. Mm-hmm. That you know some of those same things that some of us like I myself. I kind of knew it was happening and I was shocked by the ability of Donald Trump to like get tens of thousands, sometimes 30,000 people to show up to hear him just pontificate, like just talk about almost nothing. He just cracked jokes and, you know, insult people and people would come for it and wait for hours like it was a rock concert. They'd wait. They'd camp out for two days to get in to make sure they didn't miss their chance. That's still going on here in Missouri. uh, Last Friday night, they had 11,000 people outside of the venue. 11,000 inside, 11,000 outside. They had a group of people who were there at 845 in the morning and they laid on the sidewalk outside the door to make sure they would be the first ones in so they could decide where they were going to sit. And 
the big screen TV on the outside of the venue where people watched, they, uh, they had the same old stuff, t- people selling T-shirts, people selling the hats. I mean, yeah. like this is any, any rock concert from the 80s on steroids. Yeah. And it's happened <laughs> in Philadelphia and uh, yeah. like Las Vegas. It was the same thing. And it's these aren't obscure places. Like I know Springfield, Missouri, people who outside of Missouri might think, oh, you know, how big is that? Well, if you live in one of the metro areas, Kansas City or St. Louis, you had to drive three hours to get there. And it was right. overflow. So it's not that those were 11 or 22,000 people from Springfield, although it, it's a pretty good sized town. It's smaller than St. Louis by a lot, but it's a good sized little town. But that's people from all over the state. Cape Girardeau, where the, the rally was canceled because of the hurricanes, they showed up. Um, that's not that's not a lack of enthusiasm on the part of voters. No, and these are new voters. And I don't think anyone on the left or right in the establishment is quite adjusted to how the electorate has shifted. No, but we'll, it, it remains to be seen what happens. Um, I, I know you are super busy, and you're the managing editor of the American Spectator. Fantastic website. Great columns there. Thank you so much for your time today, Melissa. Melissa McKenzie, Managing Editor of American Spectator. Have a great week. Thank you for having me, Stacey. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Melissa. Um, So we are, look, this, this isn't so much for me. It's, it's, I, I have daughters, but I also have a son and I've talked a little bit, especially in uh, speaking engagements. Sometimes I get into the subject of how we raise our children and how they should behave. And I find the stories that are being told by the women who are accusing Judge Kavanaugh of these acts, the stories are heinous and disgusting. But I also, we, we've taught our daughters many times, you know, you, you put yourself in these situations, you're liable to see behaviors that are shocking and that you don't want to experience. So don't put yourself in these situations. And so as parents, it's incumbent upon us to take these stories that we're hearing now and talk to our kids about them, talk to them about, you know, nothing good happens outside the house after midnight. Yeah, you're going to go to parties in, in college, but understand where you're going and, and who you're going with and be in situations that, you know, you're not going to be ashamed to talk about later. And for goodness sakes, don't bring false accusations against people because I have a son as well. All right. If you're leaving us now, God bless you from the heartland. If you're staying with us, we'll be right back after these messages. God bless. God bless.